Trump delivers remarks on law and order. COVID-19 relief offer falters as Pelosi remains unreasonable and the Armenian and Azerbaijan conflict intensifies. I'm Jonathan Hewitt and welcome to the Conservative Voice. So before we get into any real news, I just want to say that it's funny and it actually makes me laugh when CNN has Taylor Swift's Taylor Swift's voting choice and endorsement as headline news. Like really, and everything that is going on in the world, that's the best that CNN has gotten. In an article written by Sandra Gonzalez over at CNN, an opening line, no kidding, the opening line says, Taylor Swift is choosing to be fearless about endorsing her pick for president. Yes. Please tell me, Taylor Swift, please tell me how Taylor Swift is being so brave. And of course, if you didn't already know or could guess, she'll be voting for Joe Biden. Like, can we just go back to the day where entertainers and celebrities stayed to what they were good at? Like, who else is tired that every time you turn on your television to watch sports or a movie or how YouTube, there's some multi-millionaire that's living some lavish lifestyle, speaking out about how Amer- terrible America and the current government is. I just wanna watch my sports and my movies and my NFL and my football without political agendas. All right, so moments ago, President Trump was out giving some remarks on law and order at the White House. Um, this has currently been a hallmark of his campaign as Democrat-led cities continue to burn and the war on law enforcement continues around the nation, law and order is something that needs to be talked about and needs to be actually valued in our society. Nonetheless, part of providing the Commonwealth, which is the responsibility of the government, is providing that protection. So here's a clip of President Trump and some of his opening remarks. and keep that enthusiasm going. Get out and vote. We got to vote. We got to vote these people into oblivion. Vote them into oblivion. Got to get rid of them. So bad for our country. First of all, I'm feeling great. I don't know about you. How's everyone feeling? Myself and the First Lady, uh, this has been really an incredible outpouring. And we're starting very, very big with our rallies and with our everything because we cannot allow our country to become a socialist nation. We cannot let that happen. And that's what would happen. Or worse, by the way, or worse. So as you can hear in the opening line of the remarks he gave today, he directly called out the agenda on the left and what they seek to do. And he's right. He's absolutely right. Socialized medicine, de-integration of the American society, increased taxes, increased government involvement. They've openly stated that it's what they want to do. Okay, so after Donald Trump says all that, he continues talking about the inner cities of America and how the Democratic leadership of these cities have failed. Here's President Trump speaking on inner city violence and how minorities are leaving the left at a cyclic rate. I want to thank you, though, seriously. Every day, more black and Latino Americans are leaving behind left-wing politicians 
and their failed ideology. That's what they are. They failed for many years and many, many decades. Democrats have run nearly every inner city in America, and I mean for a hundred years, and their policies have delivered nothing but calamity, poverty, and trouble. Sleepy Joe Biden's betrayed black and Latino Americans. If you think he can run this country, you're wrong. Once again, President Trump is right. Look at Chicago. In a report from the FBI a few months ago released that between January and June of 2020, 335 murders were reported. That time, the, year, the same time the year before, only 244 murders were reported in that time. That's almost a 53% increase in homicides. And the mayor of Chicago, the terrible Lori Lightfoot, continues to do nothing about it. Finally, President Trump speaks of black and Latino Americans wanting law and order. He speaks on how Joe Biden will dismantle law enforcement and fails to support them. Here's President Trump once again. Black and Latino Americans are rejecting the radical socialist left, and they're embracing our pro-jobs, pro-worker, pro-police. We want law and order. We have to have law and order and pro-American agenda. So you just marched to the White House because you understand to protect the lives of black Americans and all Americans, you have to have your police support you. You have to have that. If the left gains power, they'll launch a nationwide crusade against law enforcement, and they've already done that. And you see them, they're doing that at a level that nobody's ever seen before. The other day in the debate, Biden couldn't even use the words law enforcement. I said, say law enforcement, say law enforcement. And he was bailed out by the anchor. Then I said, then I said very simply, I said, name one law enforcement group that's supporting you. He couldn't do it, but he was bailed out by the anchor. So the president nailed it straight on the head in his remarks today. Hell, in the debate, Joe Biden couldn't even acknowledge the existence of BLM or Antifa, stating that they are nothing more than just ideologies. Yeah, I don't know about all of you, but I can't think of any ideologies that burn things to the ground, or kill innocents, or riot and loot in the streets, constant millions of Americans their jobs, millions of Americans millions of dollars. But Joe cannot condemn them or acknowledge them that they're doing anything wrong or he'll lose the radical left. Further, in Democrat-ran cities, law enforcement has lost the support of their local governments who have demonized them and turned them into criminals. It's absolutely absurd. Good on President Trump today for giving those remarks. Awesome on the Black movement for marching there. That's really good things leading up to the election and reinforcing that President Trump, his administration, stands behind black Americans, Latin Americans, all Americans, and law enforcement. All right, so once again, the COVID, COVID relief package did not go through. Nancy Pelosi denied the White House's proposal. The proposal was for $1.8 trillion in proposed support by President Trump. Nancy Pelosi denies the proposal, stating that it's not sufficient enough. In a letter to her Democratic colleague, she wrote, This proposal amounted to one step forward, two steps back. How, Nancy? How? 
how does that amount in that? Because it does not offer the support to allow the left to continue keeping the government shut down and Americans out of work. So here's the thing. The Democrats want the shutdowns to continue. They want the economy to be in turmoil. They want unemployment to soar. Because with those things soaring, it causes the American people to rely on the government. Relying on the federal government gives them power. I have an idea. How about you open the economy and put Americans back to work? The left, like I said, does not want that. They want the government to have the power and the American people to have to lean on the government for assistance. So a little while ago, Congress had passed a $2.2 trillion relief fund package that was then countered by the White House on $1.6 trillion. Ultimately, the White House ended up amending that and changing it to $1.8 trillion. Um, Nancy Pelosi in a letter outlines that, that the proposal for the White House offered lacks a $200 billion less in unemployment that they wanted that it does not include the inclusion of a coronavirus lawsuit liability protection for businesses and does not include stronger new worker safety standards. I'm not quite sure on how the working conditions of the American people and the standards set by the CDC and DHEC matter in a relief bill that's meant to stimulate the economy. But negotiations are still going further and as they continue the director of the United States National Economic Council, Larry Kudlow, told Fox Business that, in quotes, the president wants to do a deal, end quote. President Trump wants to sign a relief fund for the American people. However, neither the Republicans or the president are going to give in to a COVID relief package that is not specifically for the purpose of helping the American people and stimulating the economy. All right. So over the past week, the Armenian and Azerbaijan conflict has intensified greatly. The conflict over the Nagorno and Karabakh area near the Armenian-Azerbaijan border has been an increased area of violence. So to backtrack and give you all a little bit of history, seeing I know that hasn't really been on headline news. On September 27th, the Armenians and the Azerbaijans ignited the 1994 ceasefire and bombing around the Nagorno-Karabakh area began. This has then caused the, death, the deadliest and bloodiest conflict between the two countries in the last 20 years. To make matters worse, you have Turkey, who's a member of NATO, has fledged support to Azerbaijan and has reportedly been taking Muslim jihadists from Syria and putting them in the region. For this reason, the Secretary of State, Mike Pompeo, has urged third-party actors from stop, third-party actors from, sorry, let me start over. For this reason, Mike Pompeo has urged third-party actors to cease their involvement and stop support in a report from the Al-Arabiya Al on October 2nd, Pompeo was commenting saying, I think it would do the same thing in the conflict in and around 
Nagorno-Karabakh as well, so I hope that reporting proves inaccurate. This is a long-standing conflict in this border space. With those tensions rise, internationalizing this, third parties bringing ammunition, weapon systems, you increase the complexity, you increase the risk of loss of lives, and you decrease the capacity for peace. As in Libya, he said, we've urged everyone to just stay out of this other than to urge there to be a ceasefire and that the dialogue to be methodology by which order is restored. Peace is restored. At least we hope that's the case. We've certainly communicated that to both the Azerbaijanis and the Armenian leaders and to the Turks as well, he added. An article that in The Guardian, written by Michael Safi and Julian Borger reports, our view is that this has been a long-standing conflict between these two countries in this particular piece of real estate, Pompeo told Fox News. We're discouraging internationalizing of this. We think outsiders ought to stay out. We're urging a ceasefire. We want, we want them both to back up. We've spoken to the leadership of each of the two countries, asking them to do just that. So I think the response from the American government, Secretary of State Mike Pompeo, has been good. I think the response is twofold. First one being we have enough going on in America that needs to be taken care of without going and reaching out into any other country's conflicts. I think Trump recognizes this and he's time and time again spoken about the American first mentality. Second, Trump I, does not want another conflict. He's constantly and routinely showed that he wants to bring the troops home. And just the other day, Trump said that he plans to have deployed troops in the Middle East home by Christmas. Whether or not that's true or not, that's neither here nor there. So what does this really mean for us now? I don't think much currently. The Senate and the House Foreign Relations Committees have already begun to speak about how to handle the conflict and exactly what America's stance is going to be on it. I think just like Mike Pompeo said, third-party contributors need to stay out of it. Turkey, who, which I believe NATO has already started to sanction for it, needs to stop taking Muslim jihadists there. I think that as long as we can stop the outside contributors, that the situation has the propensity to go back to a ceasefire and peace talks to resume. We need to ensure that Russia does not back a single side in that and that the major countries help to solidify and find a means for peace rather than a way to make more money. For us at this time, I don't think it pay, plays a major role, but it still just shocks me how this has not made a headline news anywhere in the nation. So that's going to be it for today. It's a short, shorter one than normal. We covered those three topics. Hopefully in the next few days, the White House and Congress can come to a resolution for a relief package and that the American people will be able to benefit from that. Tomorrow, there will not be a podcast tomorrow, and that's going forward. Podcast will be Monday through Saturday. Take Sunday off. I'm a 
I'm a Catholic and when my job allows me to, my full-time job, I take that off. So Sundays, I'm just gonna spend time with my wife and my family. As always, you can find me on both Twitter and Instagram at the conservative voice, at the conservative voices on Instagram. Thank you for watching. If you have any questions, you can ask me on there. Comment on. As always, guys, thanks for watching the conservative voice. I'm Jonathan Hewitt. May God bless you. May God bless your family. And may God bless America. Stay safe.